everyone, and welcome back to Can't Hardly Wait Minute. The podcast where we analyze the 1998 graduation party classic, Can't Hardly Wait, one minute at a time. I'm your co-host, Aaron. I'm your co-host, James. And it's minute 21, and just a little peek behind the curtain here, um, it's been a hot minute since we've recorded, mm-hmm. so we're going to see if we remember how to podcast. Yeah, yeah. Or if, or if we remember what any of these next five minutes are about, because Can't Hardly Wait's not on Netflix anymore. Somehow in the three weeks since we've recorded, it has <laughs> gone away from Netflix. Yeah. So that's fun. Um, so yeah, so I couldn't go back and rewatch my five minutes because our TV is not letting us log into Amazon and it's just, it's being stupid. So Ugh. it was not worth trying to juggle it. This is um, why I am like, no, I'll also own the CDs or the DVDs because, like, it's like, I don't want to be like, I mean, this. Like, I'm like, oh, well, I mean, I watched it on, on DVD, but then Kristen wanted to watch it and it was, and she was upstairs. She was like, all right, I'll log it in Netflix because I know it's on Netflix. She's like, yeah. is it not on Netflix anymore? I was like, I don't know. I just have the DVD. <laughs> yeah, well, and I swear, I have the DVD somewhere, but it yeah. is not on the DVD rack downstairs. So. Right. Who knows where it actually is? It's possible I don't actually have the DVD. I just <laughs> think that I have the DVD. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I'll i just go ahead and buy it digitally. Um, yeah. Because for the most part, that will suffice for me. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, for tonight, we're just going to rely on my memory of three weeks ago and the notes that I took. Yeah. And, and I assume the same for you. <laughs> I have I have notes that that sort of paint something of a picture that I think I remember what happened. So okay, but yes. All right. Well, this is minute twenty one. I have it starting with Amanda saying, "Go outside and get some fresh air." Yes. As in, she is going to. Yes. And I have it going through Kenny, <laughs> and I believe it's Kenny's voiceover. Yes, that is literally saying, my last note. Says Kenny's voiceover. So yes. Yes. Saying, 10 willing and able tour guides into the theme park of love. (laughs) Kenny is one of my all-time favorite characters ever created for anything. Yeah. He's he's just, he's so good. And Seth Green's portrayal of him just really makes it. Yeah. But even with someone else in the role, Kenny would still be an excellent character. Yeah. I, I, um... They, I was reading an article about Ken Hardly Wait, and they called his character the virginal Kenny Fisher. And I was like, hey, stop that. That's a, First of all, it's a social construct. <laughs> Second of all, I'm not sure he counts as virginal. I mean, maybe he's a virgin, but like, I don't think that means what you think it means. <laughs> yeah, I think virginal is meaning like super pure and yeah. chaste and... Yeah. Not just has never had, like, a virgin has right. never had sex. Exactly. A virginal person, yeah. even if they have had sex, right. appears to be very pure and chaste. Right, exactly. So, yeah, I don't... Yeah. Also, I don't know that I have ever heard the term, and this is the patriarchy yes. talking, but I don't think I've ever heard the term virginal applied to a, a man. Yeah, I think I think that may have been the first... Maybe that was why I was a little thrown, too. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That doesn't matter. He's a guy. Let's talk about the women's virginity like we all care about. Uh Uh-huh. Yes, I can hear you saying that in my mind's eye because the number of times that I have heard you say exactly that, just countless. James Anderson, patriarchal shill. Um, Mm -hmm. 
So the first note I have is about the movie 12 Monkeys. Okay. Because Amanda's, I'm going to use the word friends here, um, are talking to her about how she's like Gwyneth, but how Mike is not like Brad at all. Not even Brad in 12 Monkeys when he was had his shaved head and looked all weird. Yes. So let me tell you a little bit about 12 Monkeys. Have you seen 12 Monkeys? I have not. I okay. literally, everything I know about 12 Monkeys, I know from this movie. I know that Brad Pitt was dirty and had a wonky eye. He did. He was excellent in it. Um, so it's a 1995 American sci-fi film directed by Terry Gilliam based on a short film um, from 1962 called La Jetée. Um, it stars Bruce Willis, Madeline Stowe, Brad Pitt, and Christopher Plummer. Um, and uh, it's basically, it's like a it almost could be it it makes sense that it was a short film because it sort of is a is like a time or a, it's a time there's time travel involved um i i, I know that as yeah. well i think because yeah. you have mentioned that to yes. me before and it it could be a twilight zone episode or like a um what's the new twilight zone called on netflix black i think it's, I think black it's mirror. called the new twilight zone oh you're right there is a new an actual new twilight zone um i was thinking of black mirror you're talking yes. about black mirror though. Yeah, yeah okay <laughs> um so okay so uh I have some other stuff. Uh, Brad Pitt got nominated for an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor for 12 Monkeys. Mm-hmm. Um, he all, he won a Golden Globe for the performance, and the film also won and was nominated for various categories at the Saturn Awards, which I think are a sci-fi movie award thing. That tracks. Um, so there is one person who has who shares a credit for 12 Monkeys and Can't Hardly Wait. Okay. Someone was in the movie they reference in this movie. And his name is Donald Faison. He apparently okay. played a psychiatric prisoner and he went uncredited for for the movie. So okay. um, I now want to go back and watch 12 Monkeys um, and look for Donald Faison uh, in the psychiatric prison. So yeah. that's fun. Yeah. I feel like I should watch. I'm going to... Just use my handy-dandy little post-it notes here and jot down that I need to watch 12 Monkeys. I am going to make a prediction that you will hate it from a plot perspective. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. That's well, my prediction. Maybe I'll go Maybe I'll go read the plot synopsis of 12 Monkeys and mm. we'll go from there. Yeah. Great performances. I think you're going to be in a what-the-fuck sort of place at the end of the movie. So, um, Okay. And not in like maybe a... Maybe the middle of a pandemic is not the time for me to watch this movie then. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Or maybe it's the perfect time because I already exist in a constant state of what the fuck. <laughs> you know, it could go either way. <laughs> it could go either way. Um, my, next, my next note just says, an asshole. Um, yep. Which is funny. So the girls are, are talking to her about Mike Dexter. And then it's like the concept of him being an asshole has suddenly occurred to them yeah they're like he's not even he's not even like brad in 12 monkeys he's an asshole (laughs) mike dexter is an asshole (laughs) and they're so proud of themselves yes yes for coming up with that right um so then amanda leaves and her once again i'm gonna use the term friends here um take back pretty much everything (laughs) yeah Primarily, I don't think she's prettier than Gwyneth. Yeah. Um, which. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I don't know if this is a controversial take or a hot take or what, but I think Jennifer Love Hewitt is way prettier than Gwyneth. Hey, isn't this like the ultimate hot take because it's about who's hot? It might be. 
That's I yeah. think I prefer Jennifer Love Hewitt also. Weirdly, I think maybe this is a controversial take. I think I prefer pictures of Jennifer Love Hewitt over pictures of Gwyneth Paltrow, but sometimes I feel like I prefer Gwyneth Paltrow like acting over Jennifer Love Hewitt acting. Like on film, Just like in, in terms motion. of hotness factor? Yeah. Okay. And I think it's this movie. For some reason, Jennifer Love Hewitt's head feels really, really, really small. And I think I've already talked about it. We have. I yeah. think it's because of her hair. It makes yeah. her neck, her hair and her like strappy tank top make her neck look weirdly long. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I have always found Gwyneth Paltrow just fine. Yeah. And there have been times when I have found Jennifer Love Hewitt like quite strikingly beautiful yes yes i can Um, agree with that and also the more gwyneth exists on this planet the less i find her appealing in any sense (sighs) i i sort of think of gwyneth as having well so here's the deal she's great she's in a bunch of marvel movies um sure if she would just be around robert downey jr all the time I would I I can I can handle whatever it is cuz I think he would call her on whatever bullshit she tried to, to pull. Um Probably. she's great in that, but otherwise I sort of think of Gwyneth Paltrow as having stopped basically at Shakespeare in Love for the rest of time. Like she existed yeah. in the 90s and Shakespeare up through Shakespeare in Love in like 03 I think and then that's it. <laughs> Shakespeare oh, wait, in Love was Shakespeare in Love was 99, right? It was the end of the 90s. I think so, yeah, because yeah. I remember watch it like i remember watching it with alice and i was no longer speaking to alice by senior year of high school let me let me uh let me rephrase that alice was no longer speaking to me by senior year of high school gotcha and i i realized that 2003 i would have then seen it with either jenna or Kristen, and i didn't see it with either of them i saw it with friends because when we see gwyneth paltrow topless i was like okay here i am with my friends and it was my one of my yeah. first like naked scenes with my friends in the movie theater yeah. and like just people all around. So I remember that. Um, yeah. So it wasn't like when me, Kristen, and her father went and saw Wedding Crashers, which Ooh, yikes. starts with a just a bunch of naked women, just a just mm-hmm. a whole slew of naked women. <laughs> yeah, that was I think, fun. and I I know I've told you this before. I I don't know which podcast it was on, but. Um, my most awkward, like, naked movie watching, or my most awkward watching a movie with nakedness in it, that's mm-hmm. what I mean, was when I didn't really know all of the details of um, Requiem for a Dream. Mm-hmm. And my dad saw I was going to watch it, and my dad was like, oh, Jennifer Connelly's on the uh, is listed as being in this. I'll watch that with you. Yet she gets, like... She gets a train run on her. Yeah. In that movie. So that was fun. Uh, He also was not a big fan of the scene in Empire Records where Gina fucks Rex Manning on a copier. Sure. That one I did know about, and I told him, I don't think you're going to like this movie, but he did sit down and watch it with me anyway. And he did not like the movie, even independent of that scene. He was like, I don't understand why this is appealing. And I'm like, well, you're... You're old. A little bit okay, boomer, but but back in the nineties. Um, exactly. <laughs> uh, and then, of course, it must be mentioned, as should be mentioned, anytime we talk about awkward naked movie moments. Uh, yes. When we watched Mul- we watched Mulholland Drive with our, our friend Caleb, then we borrowed it from him to go watch it again because we wanted to try and get it. 
which I've come to realize uh, you don't you're not supposed to do with David Lynch. You're just supposed to be like what cinematography or whatever. Um, yeah. But you you and I being you and I, um, we're like well let's watch it again. We can solve it. And there's a naked girl on girl scene in the middle of it. And my stepdad came downstairs right when that was happening. And quick thinking James, your old buddy James, quick thinking, pressed pause on it, not power off, not stop, not fast forward or rewind or whatever. Pause. And he came down. And I mean, if you had been a guy friend, I don't know what he would have said. But because you were you, I think he was like, eh. Aaron's here or actually to be fair he was probably like huh, that girl's here I guess yes, it's fine that, that <laughs> sounds more accurate <laughs> so yeah you know we should rewatch Mulholland Drive because I bet we can solve it we're older <laughs> right. and wiser now right right and I've spent a lot of the past week and a half just deep diving so hard into uh folklore Okay. By Taylor Swift. Oh, okay. Um, I thought you were talking about... Okay, yep. No, yeah. Just Mika like generalized and folklore. Yeah, no. M- Mika and Christina and I have um, errand the hell out of this thing. Mika oh, okay. started it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I basically have outlined an entire novel based on the plot of that album as I see it. Yeah. Um, hey, can, so, I, can, yeah. I, can I suggest a title for the sequel? Yes. Folklore 2, colon, cardigan. Like, again. Yes. Yes. I said I pronounced it wrong. The key thing about that was that I pronounced it right, and then I didn't. That's okay. You said card again, and my brain thought you said carded again. And I was like, mm. I don't... When yeah. in folklore is anybody carded? <laughs> right. We've lost the plot on this episode. Yeah. Um, so, speaking of music, transition... Um, a song starts to play by a band called Soul Coughing. Uh, the song is called Wooly and Bibe. And I could find literally absolutely nothing about this song other than its presence on this soundtrack. That's um, weird. Soul Coughing. I have a, a, a quick synopsis of Soul Coughing sound just so that people can get an idea of what music is playing right now. It says Soul Coughing sound was a willfully idiosyncratic mix of improvisational jazz grooves, oddball samples, hip hop electronics, and noisy experimentalism. The band sound was described by Mike Doty, who is the leader of Slow Coughing, as deep slacker jazz. So um, fairly good for, for a Kenny sort of, a transition back to Kenny sort of deal. Sure. Although Let I'm sure guess. Kenny Fisher I... would not like Slow Coughing. Sure, and I'm going to venture that I would not either. I don't particularly love them. I listened to an album recently and I was like, this is, this is good. And I, I'm enjoying this. But in the past, Soul Coughing has been sort of a miss for me too, as okay. too weird. I've heard two songs that I'm like, this is great. This is a great okay. song. Um, and then the rest, I'm sort of like, I see what you're doing, but I'm not going to listen to this again. Okay. Listeners, if you have a Soul Coughing recommendation, I've listened to the one, the first album, and I don't remember what it's called, something like, Alien space shooter person. That's not it at all. I think like Venus Ray or something like that. Anyways, hit me up with your soul coughing recommendations. Um, the and then <laughs> my last note is Kenny Kenny's voiceover. That's uh, it. My that my my last note is his vo lol. But prior to that, my last note, my second to last note was Kenny's goggles. Omg. 
Those I goggles. don't think he was he wearing them before, or maybe he just put them on his face the way you wear goggles. Yeah, in this. he does. I he don't does remember. Something. There was something that called my attention to his goggles. He's looking in the mirror. Am I right? I yeah. think so. Yeah, because yeah. just prior to this, at the Denise was 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 saying, looks like someone's auditioning for Soul Train. Yeah, maybe he's just walking through the party at this point, and maybe he just has his goggles perched on his head, and for whatever reason, they just struck me funny. They, they, I mean, they are ridiculous. No matter, no matter when you see them, you yes. kind of forget them, and then you see them again. You're like, why goggles? Why matching goggles? Um, Had he been wearing them around his neck at one point, and now they're on top of his head? Maybe. Maybe? Maybe. I don't that, know. That kind of sounds right. Yeah. I really wish Can't Hardly Wait was still on Netflix, so that I could mm-hmm. have verified all of this before we started <laughs> recording. Yes. So, Or that my yeah, TV he, wasn't being a dick. Those are those are two good wishes. What's one more mm-hmm. wish? Um, Chips. Yep. All right. Th- that's chips. it. Oh, yep. the, hey, good good clarification because the genie was about to uh, make your TV work, but only broadcast the TV show Chips. Uh, the 1970s oh yeah, no. California I wish that Highway I currently Patrol. had Chips. Now right. our listeners will be glad that I don't, as probably right. will you be, <laughs> because Chips do not make chip chip munching does not make for mm-hmm. good audio. You want to munch, but not on mic. Exactly. Yeah. Let's do social media. Now I really want Chips though. Yes, social media. What is yes. it? I mean, we I know have... what social media is. What What is ours? <laughs> we have a uh, a Twitter handle for this show, which is at J-E underscore Minute Movies. Uh, we can also be found individually on Twitter. I am at Unabashed James. And I'm at Unabashedly Aaron. We are proud members of the Scavengers Network, um, who have let us do three of these by the minute podcasts, which is just wild. Um, yep. Uh, you can find them on Twitter at scavengersnet, or you can go on the website, which is scavengersnetwork.com, and you can uh, go to the store and buy some mm-hmm. stuff. Um, you can uh, look at our pretty faces. You can see if there's any like shows you don't know about. You can find information about other shows. Um, yeah, it's it's a well-made website, and Mason, we're lucky to have Mason uh, making this kind of stuff for us. Yes. We're also just lucky to have Mason. That's true. That's true. He is a Mason. Mm-hmm. Um, pronunciation yes. jokes are the, are the jokes uh, that I'm doing tonight, apparently. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think that's going to do it, uh, which, oh, yeah, that's it's good because uh, we got to go. Uh, we got to wrap this up because, as you know, time is honeys. Go hot dogs. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.